In this episode, we're going to be talking about anxiety as part of a four-part series called The Four Goliaths. Anxiety can cripple us, it can destroy us, it can really ruin our day, but there's a way to get through it. Welcome to Soul Old 2. This is the podcast that's putting the oxygen back into the Christian life one soul at a time. So glad to be with you. And we are just upon the holidays coming soon, but I wanted to give a word of encouragement to those that might feel anxious in their journey. And uh, we live in a world that is so full of stress, so full of, of trigger, just trigger, triggers that get us and, and bring us down and uh, that we don't always know how to deal with it. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock once said it. He said, there is no terror in a bang only in the anticipation of it. And that is a phenomenal picture of anxiety. In fact, they say that uh, Alfred Hitchcock was a master at, at suspense and horror because he didn't necessarily tell you what was going to happen, or rather he told you what was going to happen, but he didn't tell you when. And uh, that is such a, a snapshot of what anxiety feels like. Anxiety has been defined this way, vague dread that persists in the absence of any specific threat. Excessive and unrealistic worry about everyday things. It is characterized by increased pulse rate and blood pressure. Quickened breathing, perspiration, and dryness of mouth. And of course, there are many other things that accompany anxiety, but people with anxiety can experience all kinds of exaggerated worry and tension Uh, often uh, expecting the worst, even though most of the times it will never happen. Um, They anticipate disaster and are overly concerned about money, health, family, work, or other issues. And sometimes just the thought of getting through the day produces anxiety. Now, Jesus had some beautiful words in Matthew 6.25 that bring comfort to those who struggle with anxiety. He said, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away barns in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, but tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus had a way of just encapsulating the whole drama and the whole challenge of anxiety. And did you know that anxiety affects over 8 million people in the U.S. alone? And uh, it is characterized by excessive ongoing worry and tension, or maybe an unrealistic view of problems, restlessness, or feeling that you're on the edge, irritability, muscle tension, difficulty concentrating, tiredness, trouble falling or staying asleep. Anxiety is called in the Bible, worry. That's why Jesus said, don't worry. And it's easier said than done, though. I'm sure you agree with that. There are many things people are anxious over, but the top things are, if, if you're an adult, it's going to be the economy usually, 
jobs, personal health, relationships, or maybe what comes after death. And in our day, mass school shootings and terrorism. If you're a student, there might be money problems, worries about jobs for the future, or having a good or bad job. Being constantly worried about the future or not achieving enough in life, not reaching your goals or other expectations set on you that might be too high. And there are many other things that maybe might be triggers that cause anxiousness in any of us. But note that in this passage, Jesus is saying that if God can take care of the smallest insignificant bird who does not necessarily toil for their food, he's, he is not too big to take care of, of the most basic needs of your life. Or is he not too big to take care of the basic needs of your life, especially the things you're anxious over? Many of us worry so much, and you wonder, why did I spend so much energy on, on A, B, or C? And there was a great article called How to Cope with Anxiety on Health Online that talked about some triggers, some anxiety triggers. Uh, uh, Some of them are a stressful job or work environment, driving or traveling. Genetics, anxiety could run in our families. Withdrawal from drugs or certain medications can cause anxiety. Or side effects from certain medications. Or a personal trauma. Phobias such as agoraphobia, fear of crowded or open spaces, or claustrophobia, fear of small spaces, or some chronic illnesses like heart disease, diabetes, or asthma. Chronic pain can cause anxiety. And there are so many things. And if there's one thing that maybe... You've, you've caught that I've been trying to say this whole time of what drives anxiety. It is this, over-exaggeration. Over-exaggeration makes things much more intimidating than they actually appear. It makes them bigger, meaner, and uglier than they really are. In the Bible, there was a, a giant named Goliath that was confronted by David. And Goliath was dangerous and he, he struck fear in the hearts of all the Israelites because of his sheer size. He was a giant, and he was powerful, and he was armored, and he was a warrior. So everybody ran away from him. And the same thing happens to us, that when we turn our problems into giant, impossible Goliaths, then anxiety is sure to come. When you see things from a wrong point of view, you will work out of that point of view. And anxiety is like a thin stream of fear, says Arthur Summers Roche. A thin stream of fear trickling through the mind. If encouraged, it cuts a channel into which all other thoughts are drained. This is why we need to get anxiety out of our lives, because if we don't, it becomes the lens through which we see all of life. And that is no way to live. But according to the Bible... If you really trust in God, if you really belong to God, then every day has its own measure of grace. That's why Jesus said, hey, tomorrow will take care of itself. Why? Because 
I only have enough grace for today. I don't have enough grace for today and tomorrow. I have to wait for tomorrow to get the grace that God has for that day. So anxiety tries to drain you of today's grace by focusing on tomorrow. But God has given you grace right now. So you have to get a hold of it. You have to know that you have it. You have to know that He's with you and He's going to get you through it. It has been said that some, and it could be a legend, you know, I can't prove it, but some believe that during the bubonic plague, that many, though many were killed by the plague itself, that anxiety played a part in killing some people because they were so afraid of getting the plague that they got sick, that they, 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 uh, they became more prone to getting sick. Charles Spurgeon puts it this way, Anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but only empties today of its strength. Isn't that the truth? Jesus put it this way in Matthew 13, 22, The cares of this life choke the word. In other words, there is a truth God wants to give you every day, a truth that will make you an overcomer, a truth that will help you to follow Jesus in, in a way that is victorious, and anxiety can literally strangle out that truth if we allow it to become the lens of our life. So God's remedy for anxiety are found again in the words of Jesus, do not worry. But again, that sounds almost like a bumper sticker cliche uh, that uh, when you read it, you say, well, yeah, I wish, I wish I could do that. It sounds wonderful, but it's not true. I like something that C.S. Lewis once said, anxiety is only a pain which we must ask God to remove, or rather, it is not only a pain which we must ask God to remove, but also a weakness we must ask Him to pardon, for He's told us to take no care for tomorrow. In other words, if God has given me the grace for today, then I need to ask for His forgiveness if I'm allowing anxiousness to take me, because He has already provided the grace that I, that I have, that I need for the moment. So we need to renew our perspective. The story of Elisha was, uh, he was a famous prophet in the Old Testament, and uh, he was once surrounded by, by a host of an army. And uh, his servant said, oh man, we're, we're done here, we're, we're, we're going to get killed. And Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes, and then God opened the servant's eyes, and he saw that around the army there was a greater army surrounding them that was unseen by the eye. But they saw it through the eyes of faith. And that's why Elisha, and it was actually Elisha, not Elijah, but he, he said, those who are for us are more than those who are against us. So he literally changed the perspective of the doubter from one of unbelief, from one that says, I can't make it, unto one that says, wow, we're okay now. And this is how we have to pray to God. Say, God, open my eyes. Help me to see what I need to see for this very moment. Think about King David when he faced Goliath. I have friends who, who say it this way. David saw Goliath as not too big to hit, but too big to miss. What a great way to look at something. What a, what a way of faith to, to look at a problem of saying, you know what, that that giant mountain just, just shows me that God's going to do something mighty through it. Elizabeth Cheney uh, wrote a poem that went something like this. Said, 
Said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and hurry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, Friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. What a beautiful way to put it. Do you know that when you allow yourself to become anxious, your mind becomes drained of, of, any, of any hope for tomorrow. And that's why there are two beautiful words of freedom in the scriptures. One is commit and cast. In Psalms 37.5 it says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will act. And I'm reading a different version than, than, uh, than the one that says commit and cast, but I think you get the idea that if we commit our ways to God and trust in Him, or cast our cares upon Him, and trust in Him, He will act. And that's why I've made a habit sometimes when I'm feeling anxious or worried or heavy-hearted, is I, I just go to a room quietly, or if I'm in a public place, I go somewhere privately and just talk to God and say, God, this is too much for me. I can't carry this burden by myself. So since I can't carry it, and you can, I'm going to give it to you, and I'm not going to think about it anymore. Then it's just a matter of me disciplining my thoughts and not allowing my mind to go to the wrong place, not allowing my mind maps to go to dark and hopeless places. Did you know that when the, when the word commit is used in the Bible, it means to entrust, like depositing a large check in the bank? Psalms 35.22 says, Cast your cares on the Lord, for he, says, he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. What a beautiful, encouraging scripture. That's another thing that we have to do. We have to read the scriptures if we want to be encouraged against anxiety because there are so many great scriptures, especially in the Psalms, that address anxiety. So talk to God about it. Read the scriptures. And let those scriptures reformat the way that you think. Do you know that it's impossible to read the scriptures with an open heart without those scriptures changing you, without them challenging you, or encouraging you, or correcting your course, or healing your mind, or doing something wonderful, or awful, or horrifying, in a good way, I mean, or stretching you in a way that is beyond thought. So I want to encourage you today to not let your heart become anxious, but trust in the Lord, and don't worry about your life, as Jesus said. Thanks so much for spending time with us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and recommend it to a friend.